Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with Frank Santo Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions, and we're here with the remains of Ray Paul. <laughs> We're actually going to do a show with his remains. <laughs> and I got to read this. I've been looking for it. This is Kim Gibson Gott. On Twitter, right? Yeah. I got to tell you, hearing the excitement in Gilbert's voice when he gets to sing gets me all fuzzy inside. <laughs> yeah. It totally makes my day. Don't ever stop. That's sweet. And what's his name? It's a woman. <laughs> and and then there was someone else who wrote something, Gord or Gord or whatever her name was. This day I feel terrible and I don't know. We came upon it. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. You probably moved off where it was. Is this the one? I am a new listener, and I start and I started listening to the podcast basic uh, solely on Gilbert's humor. Yeah, well, I that one I like, but uh, <laughs> who who said that? Kim Gibson got ah, oh same same girl. Yeah, no, this is someone <laughs> like Odd or Tord or the one that where she says that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Croce. Oh, oh, oh! It was a tweet about how Jim Croce converted to Judaism. Yes, for his wife. Yeah, she confirmed it, but I can't find the tweet right now. So we'll just. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I think I actually took a picture of it. Okay. Holy shit. This should shit. only take about 40 minutes. Holy fuck. <laughs> Would you like me to research anything while we're Hang waiting? Hang on, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the syncopated clock makes its return. I could finish oh. up that terrorist theme uh, research. Watching Gilbert work Twitter oh, is like watching Paul work Safari. Anything. <laughs> it's yeah. scary. Or Google. It's like watching Paul oh, open cookies. <laughs> like, oh, ah! What does that say? Okay, I got it. Hang on. We're here. Uh, yeah, this is from Dane Girard, or Giro, or G-I-R-A-U-D, Giro. Jim Croce converted to Judaism to marry his wife in 1966. Well, we had previously established that. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And you got a, and there's also a great drawing of uh, why you have a picture of Jennifer Garner taking uh, that off. I was gonna send to Gino. Sure you were. No. Gino's <laughs> Gino Gino was asking Jennifer Garner, he somehow mentioned by name, and she of course said, Oh, I love Gilmer. Oh. And that that's so how I'm gonna send him a picture. More to torture him. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, material for a future mini-episode with Gino. I just wanted to throw this in before we start the theme of this mini-episode. Jim Bouton died. Anybody know who Jim Bouton was? Ball four. Yeah, he was a baseball oh, player okay. for the Yankees. Okay. And uh, and a sportscaster and an author, um, an actor. He, did, he, had a, he had a small part in the uh, Elliot Gould Altman picture, The Long Goodbye. Oh, that's right. But, that's he, right. but perhaps he was most famous for writing a tell-all about baseball called Ball Four, which was a very controversial book. This is uh, something I took off. I was alerted to on Twitter. In Jim Bowden's <coughs> classic Ball Four, there is an anecdote about uh, pitcher Dick Raditz uh, and how he picked up a couple of extra bucks when he wasn't playing baseball. A man hired Raditz to throw oranges at his ass. <laughs> Having oranges thrown at his ass at 90 miles an hour gave this man a pleasure we can only imagine. Raditz goes on to say that some of those oranges weren't too ripe. And they opened up some huge welts. That was my big year when I could really bring it. The guy loved it. 
And and he said, and I loved you in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick Raditz made some made some extra money throwing Dick. oranges at the ass of a uh, an unknown recipient. Hmm. So you know that's, that's in the book. There's in a Ball photo Ford. I've seen of uh, Cesar Romero dancing with Cheetah Rivera. Yeah. With Cheetah Rivera throwing her leg up in the air. Uh-huh. And you can Oh, is see- this the one where you can sort yeah, of see- Yeah, you yeah. can see, see her. See Mexico City? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I think we talked about that in you the previous show. You can see her banana peel. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh- <laughs> We're going to do something. We like to do anniversary episodes, uh, especially about music and TV. It's been 50 years, obviously, since 1969. Are we this sure is, about the math there? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure about it. We have the moon landing anniversary coming up. And Paul and I were talking, and we thought it would be fun to talk about TV debuts from 1969. Okay. Shows that debuted 50 years ago. Okay. And the best way to do that is to play the theme songs from those shows and see if Gilbert can guess them. And then Paul did a little research. So he, he has some tidbits. Flesh it out a little bit. Paul has some stuff about uh, foreign films from 1948. <laughs> ah, okay. No bearing on this episode yeah. whatsoever, and he's going to chime in with that. So here's the first one. This one's a layup. This one's too easy for you, Gilbert, but they will get harder. Frankie? Uh, yeah. Sunny he's sweeping up. Skies ahead, yeah. <laughs> or clouds. Yes, <laughs> yes, Sesame Street. Very good. Yeah. 69. 1969. Sesame Street. I did another episode of The Muppet Show. Where it's like win a date. Yes, with, where Kermit uh, comes Kermit. to the door and wins a date, right? And and oh, and I was in uh, this music video uh, that they did with a bunch of celebrities. That was uh, it drives me crazy. Oh, they oh, the fine of, young yeah. cannibal song. Yes, That's yeah. right. That's right. He's in that too. What did you find out about Sesame Street? Uh, well, uh, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street, written I, by Joe I, Raposo? I might. Uh, who, what was the original name of Sesame Street? I do not know that. 43rd and 6th. Close, sh- close. It had numbers in it. Uh, 123 Avenue B, which they liked the sound of they until they found out that, that there actually was a 123 I think Avenue Gilbert B. Gilbert lived there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gilbert lived there with lawn furniture yeah. in, and in his living room. Here's the tough one. What was the highest ranking song ever to emerge from Sesame Street? Ooh. And where did it rank Not on the Billboard Not easy being top? green? No. No, I don't Great think song, Kermit wasn't a Sesame one. Street character, was he? No. Yeah, wasn't he? I don't think. Kermit? Was Kermit yeah. on Sesame Street? I uh, guess he was. Yeah, yeah, he originally. I was too old for Sesame is, Street. I only uh, remember Big Bird and, and, and Bob McGrath. And I, it, want, it wanna... wasn't the one that Kermit sings, no. uh, Rainbow Connection. No, no that's another no, great that's one. that's from no, the movie. Be, yeah, uh, from this the is, movie. I'll give it away if I Go tell ahead. you who sings it. Tell Ernie. us. Ernie sings oh, it. Oh, oh Rubber Ducky. Rubber oh! Ducky. I never even watched the damn show. Rubber Ducky no, and peaked at number 16 Very on the good. list. Very good. But what, what can you tell us about the actual theme song? Joe, for, written by Joe Raposo. He wrote, I think he wrote some other uh, public TV things. He was in that, in that genre. Yeah. 
but I don't know, but it's a great song, not only just fun for kids, but musical construction. Well, I'll play the part of Gilbert and bring the show down. Ah, Go for it. According (laughs) to Wikipedia, American (laughs) officials (laughs) indicated that U.S. interrogators subjected prisoners to the Sesame Street theme song during the Iraq War. Excellent. You like that? Yes. That's one for you. Operation Big Bird. And wasn't there something recently that they were using my voice to set off these alarms? (laughs) It's redundant. Yeah. They had these alarms, and one of the sounds that set off the alarms was my voice. I love that. What did you actually do on Sesame Street? Did you do a lesson? Uh, Oh, I was uh, Denny the Distractor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've stolen eight Snapples. And I've still, <laughs> and I put two of them back. How many do I have left? <laughs> a, a, a Gilbert specific math lesson. Right. Uh, okay, they're going to get a little harder. Okay. Okay, number song two, Frank. Oh, uh, courtship of Eddie's father. He's good. good. Yeah. Very He's good. very good. With, with Bill Bixby. Very good. Bill Bixby was nominated for an Emmy oh. for that show, which lasted all of 26 episodes. I love the episode where Bill Bixby gets angry at the kid, and then he turns green and his oh, pants right. rips. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, you got that one pretty fast. Yes. Debuted September 17th, 1969. Uh, Tom Corbett, play, a widower played by Bill Bixby, was a magazine publisher, and his young son, Eddie, was played by Brandon Cruz. Did you watch that show? No. It's a theme song by whom? Oh. Come on, who was singing that? Somebody always comes up on this show. Oh, I need a clue. Can we hear a little more? A little more of it, Frank? Yeah, he's my best friend. He's not the guy who sang um, uh, Welcome Back, Carter. No, that's John Sebastian. This is the great Harry Nielsen. Harry Nielsen. Wow, excellent. Yep. Oh, it definitely... The Daves are pumping their fists. And you know, it definitely has that sound. Yep, yep. The song was called Girlfriend. Not best friend. He repurposed it uh-huh. for a theme song when he was when he was commissioned. Yeah, was and cash. never released it as a single. How about that? It appeared on the Personal Best anthology in 1995. Okay, here's one I defy you to get. It doesn't have any lyrics, but it was a popular song, and it was a show that you know, Francis. Any guesses? Milstein is stumped too. Was composed by the great Jerry Goldsmith. Oh my God! No, <laughs> not suicide. <laughs> no, it's way before okay. Doogie Howser. We're doing 1969 here. Nope. It was on ABC. It debuted September of 1969. Jerry Goldsmith. The great Jerry Goldsmith. This is just too, too, too difficult. Oh, my God. Yes. Created by... James L. Brooks, of all people. This isn't like... Karen Valentine. Yes. And Michael Constantine. Yes. Still with us. You knew it. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> what are you going to ask him? Yeah. I'll say, yeah. <laughs> Who was the star of the show? 
I always, hmm. It was sort of a breakthrough show because it was one of the first black characters, one of the first black leads on a sitcom. Lloyd Haynes. Oh. Played Pete Dixon and Denise, the fetching Denise Nicholas was his uh, was his love interest. Yeah. And Denise Nicholas later starred in a series, an ill-fated series with Damon Wilson, directed by our friend Bill Persky called Don't Baby I'm Back. Oh. <laughs> That was the one where he was carrying the gun on the set. Oh, And geez. Billy told us the story. Oh, jeez. Yeah, James L. Brooks and Jerry Goldsmith. Did you find anything on this song? Uh, not on the song, actually. Yeah, what do you got on the show? What have I got on the show here? Oh, it was uh, it was interesting. It's placement on TV. It was on it, it After a few episodes, it moved into a Friday slot at 9 o'clock. Yes. Following the Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family. And preceding the Odd Couple and Love American stuff. You bet. I remember watching it before the That's Odd Couple stuff. on Friday nights. Did you watch Room 222? No. Yeah. Never watched it. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Here's one you might know. Oh. This is one of my favorite theme songs of the 70s. Catchy as hell. Definitely sounds like one of those cop shows. Nope, not a cop show. Wow. Who else has a siren? It is a genre show, yeah. Oh, was it an ambulance? Yes, it is an ambulance. The Wrecking Crew is playing on this record, Paul. Is that right? Yeah. Any guesses? Dave Milstein, do you know what that is? You're too young. Yeah. Jim Horn. Uh, Tommy Tedesco on guitar, Wrecking Crew. Composed by the great Lalo Schifrin oh. of Mission Impossible yes. fame and, and, Ma- and Mannix. And Bad Medicine. Yes, it is Medical Center. Jeez, Car- never Chad saw that. Chad Everett. Oh, I, rem- yeah, Joe I remember Gannon. when it was and Joe on. Gannon and Joe Gannon. Tyne Daly's daddy, Tim Daly's daddy, J- ah. James Daly. Yeah. Yeah. Premiered September of 1969. Schifrin scored the pilot episode and created an end title theme. It wasn't until the show's second season in 1970 that the, sh- the provocative and well-known theme was used to start the show. I love the way that siren comes up through the synthesizers. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Schifrin, by the way, uh, who's still with us at 87 Jeez. and would be a good guest for this show. Uh, in addition to the Mannix theme, Starsky and Hutch, the Planet of the Apes theme for TV... Uh, listen to these movie credits. The Cincinnati Kid, Kelly's Heroes, Coogan's Bluff. Eastwood used them a lot. Jeez. Dirty Harry, The Amityville Horror, Enter the Dragon, and Bullet. Jeez. And even way, way out, the Jerry Lewis movie. Ah. And Who's Mining the Mint with Jim Hutton. Oh, that was a funny movie. With Howard, yes. Howard Morris. Did you and, know Medical Center? You're both too young for that. And yeah. Barbara Bach. And Barbara Bach. What do you got on the Medical Center theme, Mr. Uh, Ray Bone? At the time, it was canceled. It ran for from 1969 to 1976. It was tied with Marcus Welby as the longest-running medical drama on television. There you go. Yeah. So why was it canceled? I guess it, maybe it ran a long time and ran out its welcome or something. I, obviously, Grey's Anatomy is now the longest-running yeah, medical yeah. drama in television history. Did you ever watch medical shows? Were you a Marcus Welby or uh, I, well, who is, I uh, remember like uh, 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 Ben Casey. Oh, you? Oh, way back. Yeah. And Doctor Kildare, Richard Ch- yeah. Richard Chamberlain. Yeah. You watch those? Ben Casey with Doctor Zorba. And I remember that they had a. Cards that you could collect. 
of, of all things, Ben Casey. Ben Casey Doc trading cards? Trading cards. Ben, ben Casey. Was he the real handsome guy, dark hair? Vince Edwards. Vince Edwards, yes. right. And right. Uh, Jerry Lewis one time directed an episode of Ben Casey. Wow. And, and uh, believe it or not, Vince Edwards and Jerry Lewis didn't get along at all. <laughs> there you go. Hard and, to believe. And Vin, Vince Edwards walked out before the show was completed. Oh God, v- Vince dude. Edwards drove cross country with my dad. He did? Yeah, before, wow. he, before he made it in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, they were friendly. <laughs> yeah. But it's obviously, Vince Edwards I, is not his real name. His <laughs> right. name is something like Vince De Benedetto or some crazy thing. Uh, He's Italiano. I, I met uh, someone... Whoa, I met someone whose father used to go fishing with Lon Chaney Jr. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that tops my dad and Vince Edwards. And and this guy said he once met uh, Burgess Meredith, and he asked him what Chaney was like, and he said, you know, what he did in that movie was genius, but he was a drunk. There you go. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Pretty much sums it up. Yeah. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Okay, here's one, Gilbert, that is catnip for you. I okay. did not find anything about this. Oh, one quick one quick bonus uh, song is up there on the on the subject of Lalo Schifrin. I put it in the email. Is it there? Oh, uh, not Mission Impossible. No, we're gonna we'll end with that let's, one. Let's yeah, not I, give it away, Paul. Don't give it away. Well, we, uh... Not from 69, from 60, uh, 67. Oh. Know it, Gil? I'll give you a hint. It's my nephew's name. Oh, that sounds so fucking familiar. Private Eye. Mike Connors. Oh, uh, uh, Mannix? This is Mannix. Wow. You guys are too young for these, right? You know this theme? It's a good theme. It's nice. It's jazzy, jazz Oh, he's a jazz guy. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I just wanted to to excite it, Gilbert with that one, one. Let me give you one more tidbit, if I may. Go, boy. Uh, Mannix was, was the last... Jumped out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> when he found out he had dementia, he... Uh, we tried to get Mike Connors on the podcast, by the way. Mannix... Now, you might get this, actually. Mannix was the last series produced by whom? Jeez. I'll give you a hint. Bruce Bruce Geller. It was a woman who sold her company to Gulf and Western in 1967. Her name is Lucille Ball. Oh, was the, oh yeah, Lucille Ball. Lou, last yeah. series produced by Desi Lou. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I would have said that as soon as you said woman, I would have gotten it, but you yeah. you went right to the uh... <laughs> Okay, this one, I don't have any knowledge. I don't have I couldn't find anything on this song or any history of this song. Maybe Paul did, but I doubt it. Maybe the two Daves who are sitting in the booth can help, but this is one Gilbert will eat up. Okay. Sounds like a theremin. This wasn't the one with the roller coaster, was it? No. This is this is a syndicated show that played all over the country in different stations. This was on, it was on Channel Five in New York. It was hosted by someone called the Creep. 
wasn't Creature Features. It is Creature ah, Features. Okay. It first aired in July of 1969 on a test run. It was canceled due to poor ratings and competition from WPIX's Chiller Theater. Oh, wow. So you were obviously watching Chiller Theater. I guess so. You weren't watching Creature Features yeah. on Channel 5. Now, I, thought, which, I thought for sure he'd get that one. Which was the one with the hand reaching out of I the swamp? I think that was Chiller Theater. Chiller, yeah. 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 Oh, because yeah. he used to go, Chiller. But I couldn't find anything on that particular piece of music. I couldn't find any background yeah. in, on it. It's, mean anything I, to you guys? It, it was cool. composed by a Jew. <laughs> That's just a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, did you find anything on Creature Features? No, not much, but but you, you guys know this, I'm sure. I don't know if all the listeners know, but Creature Features showed the classic universal horror movies. They did. Um, King Kong, Son of Kong. And I'm not familiar with this. Mighty Joe Young, do we know? Yes, that was, yes, yes. sure. With Terry yeah. Moore, who's Jesus still alive. Christ, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a Kong knockoff. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Roger Corman B movies of the fifties and sixties. There such you go. As the Raven Creature Rocher. Features anyway. was televised in almost a hundred cities, Gil, through the from the from the sixties to the nineties. Six thousand broadcasts. Yeah, and the listeners might not know this, but television was a box you had in your house. <laughs> <laughs> where they would play don't, television shows. Don't take Paul's gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, it looks to me, i got one or two we missed here. Uh, we're going to go back. Okay. Okay, so we'll go back to the one. Gil won't know this anyway, but what the hell. <laughs> All right, here it comes. This is called Long Lonesome Highway, Gil. I'm even going to give you the name of the tune. Oh, what was the show? Sure ain't I cheated a little bit. This is closing credits, not the opening theme. And I got some friends I'd like to see again. Remember we talked about those... Uh, those people like the future. Man on the Run shows. It's a Man on the Run yeah. show. Run yeah. for your life. Yeah. Uh, run, buddy, run. It's not uh, what you might call it. Then came Bronson. Oh! Then came Bronson with Michael Parks. Wow! Nice work, wow. Gottfried. Wow! Oh, look at that. Ah! So yes. Was that I, Michael Parks? Michael Parks, yeah. who we almost got on the podcast. Oh, he was geez. he was a chiller. Now I have in in the under the category things of interest to, to Gilbert. Oh well, by all means. Let me just let me just read this quickly and we'll move on. Okay. Yeah, sure. The motorcycle. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Uh, the motorcycle that was famous in this show was a single model HD Tillotson four speed right shoot shift final final drive twelve volt magneto and breaker points. I would never make it at one of those DJ schools. No. But I thought you would love to know some of the technical detail about the motorcycle. Yeah. Well, and and I heard his child was a stillborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How would any of those specifics be of interest to that Gilbert? Was, well, that was typical. <laughs> that was typical. Paul killing the fucking show. No, no, he left. He left out I a mean, thing. He left we, out. They were all nude. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a good yeah, but, time. Everything's going great. Uh, and he's telling me a technical thing about motorcycles. I, this Gilbert would love. I'm trying to expand. How your the heart. fuck would I love that? Tell me. 
Tell well, me how the fuck I love that. What was the premise of them? It's came pretty Bronson? clear you don't. I guess. No. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, he had amnesia. I have to explain the premise of things that will be of interest to Gilbert yes, to you. I'll do, yes. that, I'll do that on a future show. <laughs> uh, the show featured Parks as the protagonist, James Jim Bronson. He was a newspaper man who became disillusioned after the suicide of his best friend Nick, played by Martin Sheen. Oh, excellent! Of all people, and he becomes a vagabond searching for the meaning of life. It is basically now, the, the, well. He wasn't oh, being pursued like yeah. the fugitive was, but it was that thing running from town to town. Yes, also like the Hulk. Yeah, bought it. That yeah, element. I mean there was a shift. The thing was supposed to be him on his voyage of discovery. Oh, the one with amnesia to, was Coronet Blue. That was the Larry oh, that's Cohen right. show. That's right. Yeah, with Frank Converse. Yeah, but I, this I, one became one of the th- instead of him getting insights to life, he would go somewhere. And solve somebody's problem. Correct. Somebody was at death's door or something. Traveling would angel step in. story. Traveling angel. Yeah. Right. No easy rider, by the way. This series doesn't even exist because obviously it's a guy on a mo- it's a cool yeah. guy on a motorcycle right. driving right. across America right. having adventures. Right. Okay, Gil. Here's one that I know you know because we've talked about it on previous shows. Oh, uh, Cosby. What's the name of the show? Oh, is this the high school? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 um, where was Kincaid? Chet Kincaid. Oh, uh. The song even has a name. Don't work too hard. Yeah. 1969, debuted on Sunday nights on NBC. Song is called Hickey Bar. Produced by Marvin Miller. What yes. Was this? Gilbert was interested by, in that. Who was the composer of that piece? Want to play a little bit more of it, Frank? That's all there was. Let me okay. uh, let me repeat it. Okay. Oh, get some uh, and some rolls and, and <laughs> the Bill Cosby Show. Is that, the, that, that was the show. title of it. Okay. Yeah, composed by Quincy Jones. Yes. Oh, I thought that would be Quincy Jones. Yep. For those who aren't Quincy familiar Jones. with him, said that Marlon Brando used to fuck Richard Pryor in the ass. Now that's of interest to Gilbert. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's how it works, Yeah, but Paul. what size carburetor did he have? Yes, that's and he, he had like, he was like 800 pounds. <laughs> and I think Richard Pryor would wear a chef's hat. <laughs> the, ser- the Brando was fucking him in the ass. The Bill, the Bill Cosby show was the first time an African-American starred in his or her own eponymous Epo- yes, I said eponymous. eponymous comedy show. series. What is the podcast connection to this show? What is the Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Podcast connection to this show? Anybody? You guys know stuff. That a lot of the women we've had on this show, we've drugged. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have also accepted that it was created by Ed Weinberger. Oh! Previous podcast guest. Yes. Yep, the song is called Hickey Burr, 1969. Okay. You got that one. Yes. And you, and you pulled Then Came Bronson out of your ass. Oh, my God, <laughs> okay. did I ever. The last one has a definitive podcast connection, and he he won't be stumped, but we'll talk about it. Did you find anything else on Hickey Burr? Just the Quincy Jones connection. Nah, That's fuck all it. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> Although a hickey was something that Marlon Brando gave to Richard Pryor. Yes, on his ass. On his ass. <laughs> yes. And and he he broke a few bones. 
He broke a few bones on Richard Pryor I mounting thought, him. I thought you would go for a Raymond Burr joke there. Yeah, yeah oh, yes. <laughs> Raymond Burr would then <laughs> do a Brando imitation and and fuck Richard Pryor in the <laughs> This one, I think, will mean something to you. Sometimes he'd fuck Scoey Mitchell in the ass. <laughs> Stop now. Scoey and one time, Mitchell. Flip Wilson, he fucked him. Oh, Love American Style, who we just had on, Charlie Fox. Right and blue, hoo hoo. Love American Style for me and you. In a star spangled world, my friend. Close. Oh, my love. <laughs> you can and rest your head on my shoulder. Early light, my love. I'll defend your right to cry. Love American style, bit redder than the red, white, and blue. Hoo hoo. You did that part already. Yeah. <laughs> now, for me, for people my age, and I'm yes. sure there are listeners that'll agree. Yes. Knowing and hearing that song meant you were homesick from school. <laughs> Oh, because it ran. It was like a daytime in the TV. afternoon. It was stripped. Can, yeah, and I remember my mom would come down and shut the TV off because there'd be inappropriate stuff on. Charles Fox's music score featuring flutes, harps, and flugelhorn set to a contemporary pop beat provided the love ambiance, which tied the stories together as a multifaceted romantic comedy each week. The first seasons, see if you remember your, yeah. your Charles Fox interview, which was only yes. three weeks ago. Great. I know you don't listen to the show. Who performed the Love American Style theme in season one, only to be replaced? Ooh. Dave Milstein knows the Cowsills. The Cowsills. Jeez. Yes. And they were replaced by the Charles Fox Singers, which I called Charles on the bullshit. There was no Charles Fox Singers. <laughs> they were the Ron <laughs> Hicklin Singers. And they replaced uh, the Cowsills. For Jeez. reasons I cannot find, but I guess I'll call Charles and ask him. Of interest to Gilbert in the opening credits of that, there was what year Camaro with what horsepower <laughs> engine? I knew, I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> what is the other connection to the podcast that this uh, that this theme oh, song well, has? What's, what's his name? Margolin. Arnold Margolin. Yes. Co- who created the series, co-wrote the song with Charles. And, and, and his brother, and we had Stuart. His, we had his brother, was, Stuart uh, Would always appear on those blackouts. Correct. Right you are, sir. Before we sign off, here are some other 1969 TV debuts. And they just had Death Wish on recently. Oh, yeah, with Stewart. Yeah. Can I, I, before you sum up, can I throw in one more thing? Okay, this this show spawned more spinoffs than any show in history, according to something I found on the web. Well, I know two of them. Name a few. Well, there was Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. Voiced by Tom Bosley. Happy Days. And Happy Days. Laverne and Shirley. Well, Laverne and Shirley came from Happy Days, so right, that's right. Not, so they're cheating a little bit. Mark and Mindy, you know, the yeah, but that's, second generation. But they didn't, down. but those are second generation. <sighs> right. Oh. right. Yeah. All right. I'm done. Okay. Kill <laughs> <laughs> the Bold Ones debuted in 1969. <laughs> okay. Remember the Bold Ones? Bracken's World? Oh, Bracken's World was the Hollywood one. You bet. And... In Bracken's world, they reteamed Martin Sheen and Jack Albertson. From the subject was Roses. Yes, they reteamed them. Very good. Uh, in, in an episode, I remember it to this day because it had to do with a stand up comic. 
Oh. And and it was, uh, the episode was called My Father Never Spanked Me. Love it. Uh, and and Jack Albertson was a lovable vaudeville guy, and Martin Sheen was a hateful stand-up comic. And somebody else sent me that they worked together in another thing called, I think it was Insights, like a slightly religious. Fascinating. Martin Sheen and Jack Albertson. Jack Albertson. Well, we they get- were like... Uh, we book Alan and Rossi. Just like Alan and Rossi. <laughs> like Gottfried and Santo Padre. And, and Martin Sheen would come out and go, hello there, hello there, hello there. <laughs> Here's a couple of other shows from 69. Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines. Oh, okay. With Paul Winchell. Dudley <laughs> Do-Right. The Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour. Oh, yes. H.R. Puff and Stuff yes. debuted in 1969. That's the kind of serial I thought. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Durante presents the Lennon Sisters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Marcus Welby we talked about. And My World and Welcome to It. Starring William Wyndham. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Quickly, before we get out of here, other th- other things about 1969. January 13, Dick York collapsed on the set of Bewitched and was had to resign uh, from the show due to health reasons. <laughs> And replaced by Dick Sargent. Yes. Yeah, he was an, an in horrible... And then he wound up like, like I think, almost homeless. Or maybe he, he, had he was a, He homeless. had a lot of problems. He had money problems, too. Yeah. Quickly. Money problems, health was horrible. ABC, February 5th, runs the one and only airing of the notorious flop, Turn On. Oh, yeah. In 1969. And this has a podcast connection. April 13th, 1969, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore are reunited for the special Dick Van Dyke and the Other Woman, written by Sam Denoff and Bill Persky. Ah. So there you go. That is 1969 in television. It was a very good year. Gil, you got some? Yeah. I think you did pretty well. Yeah. No, that was this was a fun one. Okie doke. We're going to go out on the best Lalo but, Schifrin theme. But I got the beer song from uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolf. Most importantly. Yeah. Wasn't that two episodes ago? Okay. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> They're all starting to run together for me. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Raybone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dave and Dave. Thanks, Frankie. Thanks, Gil. I'm not going to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this off. has been Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsession. Bye. Bye.